Right now, let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verses 11. I'm going to read verses 11 through 21. And again, in terms of our offering, those of you that have an offering that are present here tonight, our ushers are in the back. You can hand your offering over to them. Those of you watching online, you can either mail it in or use our online services to send in your, uh, your uh, tithes and offerings, okay? We do appreciate your support. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we open up now to the book of Galatians, we continue to pray, Lord God, for those that are struggling with the COVID. I just saw in the news today that the numbers, as far as those that have passed, are the highest. Today was the highest number of people that have passed away due to the COVID. And so, Lord Jesus, uh, there's, there's a lot of suffering a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of sickness, and a lot of sorrow because of death, Lord God. But we pray, Lord God, as we read the word, this, these words that give us life and hope and light and encouragement, Lord. We pray that you will lift up our hearts and that you will use the word here tonight to nourish our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Very good. Okay, let's go ahead and do some reading here. And then we're going to go ahead and get into the message. Galatians chapter 2, starting at verse number 11, the Bible says this. When Cephas came to Antioch, Cephas, by the way, is the apostle Peter. Okay, he's Peter. That's another name for Peter. When Cephas, or Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners. Doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Now, there's a lot of material that we just read about here. But uh, because of the holidays, it's been some time since we've looked at this section of Scripture. So let's kind of review and catch up. First of all, let me just remind all of you. Gentiles, the word Gentile is used here in the section of Scripture a lot. The word Gentile is anyone who is not Jewish. In the Bible, you have two categories of people. People who are born from the seed of Abraham, who are Jewish, 
And anybody else is a Gentile. So we have those two categories of people, Jews and Gentiles or non-Jewish people. So from Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, all the way through Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, the Apostle Paul gives us a detailed account of everything he went through in preparing for his assignment to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. This was a big deal because originally the gospel was only being preached to the Jews. But now the Apostle Paul was assigned by God to preach to the Gentiles, those people who were not Jewish. Even though he was not a follower of Jesus personally and physically when Jesus was on the earth, the Apostle Paul is giving us his credentials, his qualifications for why he has the right to preach to the Gentiles, why he, why he has the right or the authority to preach to the Gentiles, and why he has the honor of being labeled or called an apostle of Jesus Christ. How many of you would agree that being called an apostle is a big deal? Can you say amen? That was something that was given to the original 12 that were followers of Jesus, but Paul was not an original follower of Jesus. Not only was the apostle Paul not a follower of Jesus when Jesus Christ was here physically on the earth, the apostle Paul known then as Saul was an enemy of Christ. He was a high-ranking an elite official among the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, and the rabbis. Those were the top leaders of the Jewish community. He was one of the primary voices that demanded that Jesus Christ be condemned and crucified. So what, what gave the Apostle Paul the right to proclaim his apostleship? Paul was called personally by Jesus Christ himself, to proclaim the gospel. And we read about that in the past in Acts chapter 9, verse 15. We already went through that. Again, we're just reviewing. In verse 15, it says this, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man, Saul, or Paul, is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. This is Jesus Christ himself calling Paul out to minister and to be an apostle. Paul was appointed and anointed and sent to preach to the Gentiles by God the Holy Spirit. Again, we went over that also in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. It says this, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. Saul, of course, is the Apostle Paul. For the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Then Paul tells us what this gospel message was that he received from Jesus Christ himself. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, it says this, This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles, non-Jewish people, are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. That means that for the first time now, Jews and Gentiles are equal in the sight of God in and through Jesus Christ. That's what makes us one. That's what makes us equal. That's what makes us favored by God. Did everyone get what I just said? Can you say amen?
Okay? That's the message that the Apostle Paul was preaching to the Gentiles, that welcoming them in to the kingdom of God. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, there, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, here's the key, if you belong to Christ, how many of you here belong to Christ? If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, equal with the Jews. The Jews came from Abraham's seed. Most of us in here did not come from Abraham's seed. But because we have put our trust in Jesus, through Jesus, now we also are part of Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. Everything that was promised to the Jews and to Israel, guess what? It's promised to you and I who are in Christ Jesus because of Christ Jesus. Did everyone get that? Mary, let me ask you really quick. What are your origins? First of all, are you Jewish? What are your origins, Mary? Scotch, Irish, Norwegian, and what else did you say? And Italian, okay? You're a Christian, right? You believe in Jesus, right? Because of Jesus, even though you're not Jewish and you're Scottish and Italian and all those other things that you just said, it doesn't matter. Now you are Abraham's seed, Mary. How about you, Vanessa? What is your background? What is your nationality? Mexican-American. Okay. Any Jewish blood in you? Okay. But now, because you're a believer, right? You believe in Jesus, right? Because of Jesus, because you accepted him, now you are considered a seed of Abraham. You're equal with the Jewish people. How about you, Joshua? What is your nationality? Mexican and Filipino. Are you Jewish? Any Jewish, but you're a believer in Jesus. Now you're part of Abraham's seed. How about you, son? Song? Korean. Any Jewish blood in you, Song? No, but you're a believer in Jesus? Aren't you glad that because of Jesus, the Koreans can come in? Vanessa, aren't you glad that because of Jesus, the Mexicans can come in? Uh, Joshua, aren't you glad that because of Jesus, the Filipinos can come in? And Mary, aren't you glad that because of Jesus, all the Italians and all the Scots and all the Irish and all the whatever else blood is in you, they're all able to come in. Can you say amen, church? Listen, I'm from good old San Fernando. I'm a homeboy from San Fernando. I was listening to the, the, these words. That's why I wanted to look at this song. I don't know if I can find these words, okay? But growing up in San Fernando, the way I grew up, okay? Chicano, Mexican, and sadly, because I grew up in the barrio, I grew up in the neighborhood, sadly, I had a very low self-esteem. Very low self-esteem. I always thought that white people were, were better and, and always had a low self-image. And that's just the way I grew up, unfortunately. And it causes you to think all crazy and feel uh, insecure about yourself and not have that confidence that you need. But then I came to Jesus. Then I came to know Jesus Christ. And you know what? He started changing the way I think about me. 
He started changing the way I see me. I no longer saw myself as insecure and insignificant and unimportant and not not anything special. No, no, no. Now, because of Jesus, I see myself as a child of the living God. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm somebody special because of Jesus. That's the difference that Jesus makes. He takes us from wherever we're at, whatever kind of background. And listen, it doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter how messed up your life is. It doesn't matter how low you think you are. If you bring Jesus into your heart and make him a part of your life, you are now Abraham's seed. You become a child of God. You're on your way to heaven. You are special. You belong to the Lord. And you have a reason to shout hallelujah. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, you can look at yourself now with confidence, knowing that you belong to God and you are special. You are Abraham's seed and you're on your way to heaven and you are forgiven and you are a child of God. Church, that makes each and every one of us who are born again special in the eyes of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I sure am glad I'm a Christian today. Can you say amen, church? Now, So, we're all Abraham's seed because we belong to Jesus and it's because of Jesus. Christ not only revealed this truth to to the Apostle Paul, but the Holy Spirit also revealed this truth to the Apostle Peter. We read in Acts chapter 10, you can read that on your own, but we read in Acts chapter 10 that the Holy Spirit instructed Peter to visit with Cornelius. Why was that a big deal? Cornelius was not a Jew. He was a Roman centurion, a Gentile. Peter went into a non-Jewish home or a Gentile's home. And up until this time, it was forbidden for a Jew to enter the home of a Gentile or a non-Jewish person. Can you imagine that? The Jewish people were not allowed to even go into a Gentile's house. It was forbidden. In Acts chapter 10, verse 28, it says this. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced somebody looking down at you, somebody trying to make themselves feel better than you are. It doesn't feel good. But now God is saying, hey, you don't have to let anybody look down on you anymore because you belong to the Lord. You are saved and you are now a child of God. I look at my brother Roy back there. Victor, I don't know, I don't know what neighborhood you came from, but I know that Roy, uh, he came from San, San Fernando, kind of the same neighborhood that I got. Roy, did you ever imagine that you and I would ever be in a church here in the city of Chatsworth, California? Never. Listen, when I was growing up in San Fernando, to me, Chatsworth was rich. Chatsworth was Hollywood. Chatsworth was high society. Chatsworth was where all the rich people were. And guess what? Here I am at Chatsworth Four Square Church. Praise God. Only God can take someone from San Fernando who thought nothing of himself all the way to being a pastor in Chatsworth Four Square Church in a city that he looked up that he could never ever be in. And here I am. And it's because of Jesus Church. That's how God changed our mentality and our understanding and even our viewpoint 
of ourselves. It's unhealthy for us to put ourselves down, to look down on ourselves, to make ourselves feel less than others. That's an unhealthy way to grow up. It's an unhealthy way to think. How many of you understand what I'm saying? And God says, I don't want you thinking like that anymore, and I don't want you living like that anymore. I died on the cross so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. How many of you are glad for Jesus here tonight? So Peter also had this revelation, this understanding, this teaching. In Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, it says this. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Thank you, Jesus. But accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. What is that saying? Anyone. Anyone of any nationality, any background, any education, any social status, if you turn your life over to God, he will turn your life around for the good. For the good. You can't tell me that living for the Lord is not worth it. You can't tell me that surrendering your life to Christ is not worth it. You can't tell me because I've experienced when I was low, he brought me to the high point that I'm in here today. I know what God has done for me. There's a song that the choir used to sing. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. I know what God has done for me. And I know that he's real. And you know what the good news is? God is willing to do the same thing for you if you're willing to surrender your life to God the way I did. Why? Because God does not have favorites. Anyone who turns their life over to God, he'll turn your life around and do something great for you. How many of you are glad because of Jesus? Can you say amen, church? Only God can do that, church. Acts chapter 10, verses 42 through 48, says this. He commanded us. This is Peter. We're talking about Peter now. Okay, Paul had this, this understanding. And now Peter is getting this understanding about how God wants to reach all peoples. He commanded us to preach to the, to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. His name is Jesus. I'm going to say that again. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised, that means the Jewish people, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished. They were shocked that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. This message of salvation to the Jew and Gentile alike in and through Jesus Christ was so amazing, it was so powerful that the leaders of the Christian church had a special meeting to discuss all of this. Why? Again, because in the beginning of the early church years, only the Jews were being preached to. Only the Jews were allowed to become Christians in the Christian church. But now Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I want everyone to be welcomed in. I want this gospel message to reach everyone. The early church was amazed at this new door that God had opened to all peoples 
of all, of all nations and of all categories around the world that there is salvation for everyone in and through Christ. Let me read this in Acts chapter 15. This discussion that the Jewish leaders had about this whole understanding. In Acts chapter 15, I'm going to read verses 1 through 20. Listen to this. Certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way. And as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the believers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter, everyone say Peter. Peter, everyone say Peter. Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe God who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear. In other words, Peter is saying to the elders, leaders, of the, why are you making the Gentiles, the non-Jewish believers, why are you making them do things that we can't even do by keeping the law and getting circumcised? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. How many of you are glad that we're saved by grace? Can you say amen, church? Then it says in verse 12, the whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, he said, listen to me. Simon, Simon is Peter, another name for Peter. So Simon and Peter and Cephas, all three are the same person. Simon, Peter, and Cephas. Simon has described to us how God first intervened to choose a people for his name from the Gentiles. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this as it is written. After this I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it. That the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord who does these things. Things known from long ago. Verse 19. It is my judgment. This is James speaking. And he says this. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, 
telling them to abstain from food polluted, polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from, the, and from blood. So we learn that the Apostle Paul has established that he has the right to be called an apostle and that he has been called, appointed, and anointed to preach the gospel to the Gentiles by God himself, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But Paul also teaches us that he has received the authority, the support, and the backing to preach and to be called an apostle from the pillars or leaders of the church, Cephas, who is Peter, James, and John the Beloved. In Galatians chapter 2, listen to how he's backed up by these apostles, the chief apostles. In Galatians 2, verses 9 and 10, James, Cephas, and John, remember Cephas is Peter, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles. Let me read that again. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised or they to the Jewish, Jewish people. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. So here we learn that Paul, Barnabas, Peter, and James all meet together and they make sure that they are in agreement and preaching the same gospel message that salvation is not only for the Jew but also for the Gentiles, that salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ alone, not by works, it, that, that Jesus Christ, who is born of a virgin, he lived a perfect, sinless life, yet he was able to sympathize with all men, yet without sin. He was unjustly condemned to death, and he, uh, he, he was crucified on the cross. He gave up his body. He shed his blood. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is now seated at the right hand of the Father. This was the gospel message that they were all in agreement to preach, and that salvation is by grace and not by works of the law. So with this understanding, all of them are in agreement. They all have been told by the Holy Spirit that everyone is accepted on an equal basis before a holy God, in our text for tonight, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 through 21, it begins by saying this, When Cephas, who is Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles, because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas or Peter in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be 
justified. This section of scripture is a bit of a mind blower because we just learned that the apostle Peter had a personal revelation from the Holy Spirit about the importance of accepting non-Jews into the kingdom of God and how the Gentiles did not have to submit to Jewish laws or traditions in order to be saved. And there were no longer any, there was no longer any, any divide between Jews and Gentiles because it is Christ who unites us through our faith in him as Lord and Savior. And we just read that Peter was in agreement with James and Paul and Barnabas to confirm this gospel message. And sadly, we see from this section of scripture that the apostle Peter was guilty of hypocrisy. The apostle Peter was guilty of compromising the gospel. The apostle Peter was guilty of playing favorites. The apostle Peter was guilty of fearing man more than God or of trying to please man instead of pleasing God. The apostle Peter was guilty of reverting back to supporting a distinction of division between Jew and Gentile. The apostle Peter was guilty of being a coward and was not willing to stand up for, to the legalism of those respected Jewish leaders that were still trying to impose legalistic requirements for salvation. Does everyone understand what I just said? The apostle Peter was being prejudiced. I want to ask you something today, church. Is the church guilty today at times of being prejudiced? Sadly, This is very sad, but I have to say it is. Sometimes we, as Christian people, have a tendency to look at someone who is also a Christian, but maybe they're from a different culture, a different neighborhood, a different color of skin, and we may have a tendency to look down on them because they're a little bit different than us. Did you hear what I just said? And the Holy Spirit is calling all of us out and saying to you and to me, how dare you distinguish or try to make yourself look better or try to think that you're better than someone else who is also my son and my daughter through Jesus Christ. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? How many of you know we have to be very, very careful not to do the very same thing that Peter did? Peter, when he saw the Jewish, distinguished, high leaders that were sent to him by the Apostle James, Peter stepped away from the lowly Gentiles And he set himself up with the high-ranking Jews and he turned his back on the Gentiles who were also his brothers and his sisters and who were also part of the church and who were also part of the kingdom of God. And Paul got in his face and he said, Dude, what is wrong with you? Why are you behaving like this? Why are you turning your back and shutting out the Gentiles? There is just a saved 
as these other people that you're with. We're all one people. We're all one family. We are all one in and through Christ. What are you doing going backwards instead of forward? You should be bringing these people in and welcoming them in and introducing them to these other Jewish people here so that they don't feel left out. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Can you say amen? We're going to have to stop right here because out of this comes some really important and powerful verses. Verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I did not set aside the grace of God, for it is righteousness. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. We're going to get into those scriptures next week, but we're setting it up. And I just want all of us to be aware and to be careful not to do the same thing that Peter did, to look down on anyone for any reason and make yourself look like or feel like you're better than anybody because, church, we're not. We're all saved by the grace of God. The only reason I'm here is because of the grace of God. The only reason that you're here is because of the grace of God. It's not because of where you were born. It's not because of your co- the color of your skin. It's not because of what neighborhood you come from or what your education or how much money you got. No, it's only by the grace of God that you and I are here right now. Can you say amen, church? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, in these days that we're living in where we see so much going on, Lord. We need to remember, Lord Jesus, that no one who is in Christ is better than someone else who is in Christ. We are all one because of Christ. Jesus paid the price for all of us. And there is no favoritism. We are all equal. We are all on the same playing field. Help us to remember that, Lord. Help us not to look at someone when they come in and judge them or be critical of them or, be, or make ourselves feel like we're better than them in some way. And Lord, sometimes we can be guilty of that. I pray, Lord God, that you will help us and protect us from allowing our hearts to be a part of that type of hypocrisy inside of the church. If you're here tonight, or those of you that are listening, if you are not a Christian, if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus and you want to do that here tonight, just lift up your hand and we will pray. Anyone at all says, Jerry, I am not a Christian and I want to surrender my life to Jesus here tonight. Those of you online that are watching, if you want to surrender your life to the Lord here tonight, just say this prayer with me of repentance. It's the prayer of repentance. Father, in the name of Jesus, I acknowledge tonight that I am a sinner and I need forgiveness of sin. And the only way that I can receive that forgiveness is through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross over 2,000 years ago. So tonight, by faith, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. Make me 
a child of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give praise to the Lord here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, church. We're going to go ahead and have an end at this time. Those of you that have any personal prayer requests, please feel free to come on up. We will take time to pray with you here tonight. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming out to church here this evening. Praise God.